podcast my name is luke peters we have another amazing amazing episode of i don't deserve a podcast for you today today's guest he is the founder of science everywhere my personal friend anthony morgan how are you doing anthony i'm pretty good thanks how are you I'm, i can't complain i have a podcast hey, yeah. do i deserve it uh, that's the whole point of the show yeah uh it's i want clear yet we'll find out by we'll, the end yeah we'll find out on this episode of luke Berating people to see if he deserves a podcast. <laughs> um, so I wanted to bring you on because you run a production company that does a lot of science stuff in the city and a lot of live events and kind of wanted to talk to you about the the intersection between education and entertainment and, and science in general. Yeah, sure. Um, so talk to me about how you started the company. Like, What, what inspired you to start Science Everywhere? So I had been working at the Ontario Science Center for like 12 years, mm -hmm. um, and that was like the greatest place I had ever worked in my life. I was My job was basically to walk around mic dropping science on people. I wore one of those like white lab coats and I'd like set shit on fire or like blow things up. It was awesome. That's amazing. Um, and I loved it. And I, I really wanted to be able to reach um, people like... The people who were coming to the Science Center were already there because they love science, and, yeah. and I really loved science, and um, so it was fun, but my favorite groups of people to engage with were the people who didn't, like, like you know, the, like, grade 8 or grade 10 or 12 students who are there only because it's a field trip, and, like, yeah. they obviously do not give any shits about, yeah. like, the science there. It's like the, uh, it's like the, uh, you want to have that moment where those two friends are in the back and they don't care, and then they're like, yes. yo, that was kind of cool. Exactly. That was my favorite thing in the world to do, because they were the challenge, right? Yeah, like, that's could... like, it's a fun challenge for you. It's like, exactly. can you inspire people who don't care? Yeah. So, getting science files to love science, I was bored, but these, these high school students was really fun, and so, I wanted more of that, and I wanted, like, like... When I started to love science, I didn't start loving it in high school. I didn't love it until I started working at the Science Center, and then yeah. I saw all the cool shit you could do. Mm -hmm. And so um, I wanted people to experience that, too, and I liked the challenge of getting people who didn't know they liked it. So I wanted to do more stuff outside of the walls of the Science Center, mm -hmm. um, because that's where you find more people who don't give a shit about science. And so I had to find ways to do that, because the Science Center was... It was, the amount that they were sending people out into the public was going down and down because our funding was going down and down. Yeah. And um, so I had to find ways to do it. So uh, my solution was I vacuum sealed myself to a building in downtown Toronto. And um, so I wanted to try this thing. Sorry, wait. You vacuum sealed yourself <laughs> to a building? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess hearing it from your mouth, it does sound crazy. Like like you like sous vide yourself? Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. Well, okay, so... <laughs> I feel like no, I shouldn't use sous vide, because it's like you weren't, like, emerged into, like, boiling <laughs> yeah. water. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it does. It sounds about as crazy as just vacuum sealing yourself. The idea was, like, you get, like, a piece of plastic or something, and you put it... Uh, you cover your, your body with it like a blanket. Okay. And then you make sure that the blanket is, like, has airtight seals all around you. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you use a, like, I used like a shop vacuum cleaner and I wanted to suck, I wanted to see if I could suck all the air out of the inside of the blanket and use just air pressure to seal me against a surface. Okay. Um, and so 
Um, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this so that you won't keep making that crazy, crazy expression at me like I'm an insane person. So but, wait, okay, so th- it was more just a logic question, but you like basically like sucked yourself so that you were attached to a wall kind of thing. That was the goal. Yeah, I wanted to see if I could do it. Okay, and? Um, and so, well, long story short, it, um, it works. Like, I didn't know it would work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd never seen anybody try it before, but I wanted to see if it would work. And yeah. I wanted to get people who didn't know that they love science to stop and be like, you know, what? wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them did stop, but a lot of them were like, what the fuck? Like, Are you is, okay? Is, this guy, is somebody making you do this? Like, like blink twice if you need help. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I went to, like, Queen and Spadina at, like, 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Okay. Um and yeah, I just, I, I talked to this hat shop and the only way the hat shop would let me do it, like I figured they're not gonna let just some random guy do this. So I was like, I have a company. Um, and that was, that's what I called Science Everywhere. Um, and so they let me do it because I said I was a company and then I was gonna try to get them some like attention for their company. Um, and yeah, um, it worked. I like sealed myself to the glass and there were probably like three or 400 people that stopped to try to help me, um, I guess. and um, But they were all asking, like, questions, too, right? They were like, you know, what's, how does this work? Or what is going on? What is the what is the thing motivating your behavior here? Yeah. So they were engaging with the science. It was pretty cool. That's insane. So that the company kind of came out of necessity in some ways. Well, yeah. Like, I didn't have another vehicle to be able to do this crazy stuff um, unless I had, like, a company. And yeah. So I was did, like, you, right. did you... When you when you were like okay, I'm gonna go vacuum seal myself to this wall. Uh, did you already have that the the name of the company? You're like okay, if the only way I'm gonna be able to do this is if I have the company name, or was it something that like in the moment you're like uh, I have a company, a science everywhere. Well, I'd been thinking about it for a while, mm-hmm. um, and so I I was trying to come up with a name that. Um, like, I knew that generally this was a thing I wanted to do, was to, yeah. like, engage people. And so I'd been thinking about, like, a company name for a while. And um, Science Everywhere felt like what I was trying to do. Like, I I started to realize that there is science everywhere. It's in a lot more places than you think. Yeah. Um, and so, um, like, yeah, I just, I didn't want to, I wasn't subtle. I was just like, yeah, science everywhere, then. That sounds perfect. Yeah, I'll take that to go. Yeah. And, um... And so, yeah, that's what I called it. That's awesome. And so it, it did really start out of, like, like a real necessity for trying to share this with people. Well, yeah, just like a... I mean, man, I'd never felt as much passion doing anything as what I was doing with, like, Science Everywhere and what I was doing at the Science Center. Mm-hmm. Like, it was weird. So, again, I didn't start liking it. I didn't start out liking science. But, like, I remember the day that I it, things changed for me. Um, I was, like, working... I was at the Science Center, and I was in this exhibit the hall called the Science Arcade. Yeah. And I'd been there, like, a thousand times. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd been working at the Science Center for, like, six months already. And I was I was bored out of my mind. I was like, I know everything in this room. And one of my buddies um, who worked there, um, Matt Johnson, he's, like, a, he's actually a director now and, like, oh, a wow. film writer. He works for, like... I don't remember what he... I don't know. He did, like, a, a movie called The Dirties. It was really great. Oh, cool. Check it out. Anyways, he, um... So he was, like, a mischievous guy. Like, mm-hmm. he liked to get in trouble a lot there. Um, he had, like, a master key for some reason, and he was, like, sneaking around places. And so he calls me over to this the, this thing called the plasma ball. It's like a snow globe with, like, electricity inside of it. Yeah. Um, and if you put your hand on it, like, the electricity goes to your hand. A lot of people have seen them before. Yeah. And he had this, like, that look on his face when he was about to do something wrong. And okay. I was like, I want to know, like, I want to know what's going on here. So yeah. I walk over. 
and there's nobody else in the hall. It's just me, me and him. And um, he's holding like a dangling like a set of keys. Um, and I'm like, what's what's he gonna do? He puts it on the ball. Um, and then he takes like a coin out of his pocket and he touches the keys with the coin and electricity starts like literally jumping out of the ball between the keys and the coin. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I fucking lost my mind. And then <laughs> this guy puts like a piece of paper in between and it catches fire. And I was like, what the fuck? Wait, also you're in the science We're center. We're in the science That's center. insane. Like, Anybody could do this. Anybody with a set of keys and a coin can do this. And I had been in this hall for like uh, a thousand years. And I was like, I know everything in here. And I'd seen that thing a thousand times, but I'd never seen it like that. And I was like, oh my God, like if I missed this, what else am I missing? Yeah. Like there's everything around me started to open up. It was like was a tipping like, point. Exactly. Wow. And so like that feeling is like addictive, man. Oh, like for Like when, sure. when you see the world different for the first time like that, it's like, I feel like it's what it's like to do mushrooms. Yeah. I'm going to try mushrooms soon. Yeah, we got this. Okay, cool. But I gave you mushrooms before the show. We're really going for it. Not yeah. No, that's not true. I, didn't, I haven't tried it, but I will. I will. I will. Yeah. But um, anyways, the point is um, I'd never seen the world like that before and I wanted to chase that feeling. And so... Um, showing other people this thing kind of let me relive it because then yeah. I get to relive it through them. Right? Yeah. Like I get to see their eyes go wide and be like, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. And so, it's yeah. like It's like watching a movie that like that you really, really like and then showing one of your friends. Exactly. Like, this was so cool. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's, this, it's this, this whole like passion that you can like really easily push to someone else if they give it a chance yeah. and and something like that like you heard like even my reaction like it's very similar to yours yeah. where it's like wait sorry what like and then you're like going through in your head it's like okay that kind of makes sense with my like minimal knowledge of science but then imagine like if you have like if you know exactly yeah man. if you if you understand the world around you you can do crazy shit that's what i walked away from that with and that's what i wanted that was my i wanted to let everybody know that so yeah. i started doing crazy shit like vacuum sealing myself to buildings. Yeah, I know it's crazy because it's like that that whole idea of like inspiring and like getting that wow factor. Like it, it plays so much into the media industry too, where it's like, uh, oh, like I see a really cool shot, I want to try and create exactly. it myself. Exactly. And so it goes both ways as like a viewer, but also as a creator as well. Like yeah. if you see someone do something on like science related on YouTube or something like that, and then you're like, wait, but what if we did this? What if we like take it up to the next level? Exactly. And that's when you really get these really cool like stories and experiences and there's, there's like no ceiling to that there's no end to the number of ways we can like amaze one another so yeah it just seems like i don't know it seemed like a mission that was worthwhile for me so oh for sure uh i wanted to ask you a little bit about um kind of what we we kind of have t uh, talked about like the whole thing that like inspires you what got you into it but now that you're doing it now that you actually have the company of people who you work with and work that work for you and everything yeah. uh have you found it changed in any way now that it's yeah. an actual like it's a thing not yeah. to say it wasn't before but you know what i mean no it's weird the way that things have kind of evolved and changed a lot like the stuff we were doing when we first started is is um in some ways really different from what we do now mm -hmm. but um um because things have changed across time like it starts to let you figure out like what your what the core of what you're trying to do is. So when we first started, we were doing lots of weird kinds of science experiments like that, like vacuum sealing myself to things, or or like I would I made like a garbage can that would make like a fire tornado, or like I was like trying to make my own touchscreen gloves, or just doing weird stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and we're making YouTube videos. We're making a lot of YouTube videos where mm -hmm. we were doing like social, weird social experiments. So, like, I did one um, experiment where I walked around um, downtown Toronto asking strangers if um, they could describe their genitals to me. Okay. Um, which uh, I like to think there was a good, it was, there was a good cause behind it. Um, were you guys so, sponsored by something? Or, no. Uh, no? No, I just wanted... So... I was just curious about their genitals. Well, no, because this is by far, the, I think, the creepiest thing I've ever done. Okay. Um, in the, I like to say it's in the name of science. Yeah. But... So I had friends. Um, I have a number of trans friends who, um, like, they frequently have people do that, right? They, like, they'll ask them... People, strangers will ask them about their genitals. Yeah. And so... Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And so um, a lot of people don't... It's not obvious to people why you shouldn't ask a trans person about their genitals, right? Yeah. And I get it. Like, it's it's different than what most people experience, so they're curious. That's, yeah. That's why we're curious, is when things are new. And... But I wanted to walk people into why maybe don't ask them about that in ways yeah. that didn't feel like really finger-waggy and judgmental. Yeah, because it's for them to kind of come to that conclusion themselves. Right. And yeah. So I walked around Toronto asking a bunch of strangers, and we had like a camera guy following me around, and I would be like, hey, uh, do you mind if I ask you about your genitals? And then people, you know, would inevitably say no. Like, I won't. And they'd be like, what? What is this for? Like, there's a video of this on YouTube. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'll link. I'll link it in the description. You should, it yeah. sounds great. It's really funny, but um, the experiment we were doing was we we're going to ask like thirty people this question, mm -hmm. and we we're going to see what percentage of them actually answered the question. Sure. And we only got up to twenty-two before we decided like we have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop doing this. But but of the twenty-two people I asked, zero people were willing to answer the question. Really? And the 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 heart of the video for me was about why. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you want to? describe your genitals to a stranger. It seems pretty obvious when you put it that way. Yeah, but then when you think about it, it's like, that's no different than what a lot of people have to go through on a daily basis, really. Exactly. From the trans community. So, yeah. So, yeah, the video was just people saying, like, yeah, this is why I wouldn't ex explain my genitals to a stranger. And then and then I linked it at the... I didn't want to do this without, like, talking to people from the trans community. Yeah. And so, we talked to a bunch of people from the 519, and we talked to, like... Um, people like we interviewed people from the trans community to like mm -hmm. kind of walk into some of these ideas but yeah so that was some of the earlier science of error stuff we were doing and now we've transitioned to i mean equally ridiculous stuff yeah um, where we host this um live game of would you rather yeah um like the third thursday of every month at dundas video yep um, which is really close to the studio, actually. Yeah, well, we I actually uh, brought a first date there. Uh, yeah. It was, it was Wait, that amazing. was a date? That was my first date with that girl, yeah. Oh, no way, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, because uh, I, I saw you there, and uh, it was very much, like, on that vein of, like, science everywhere. It's like, it's, we were both, we're both very curious people. So yeah. it worked out really well. It was she seemed great, cool. Yeah, she's really great. Can I ask about how it went? Or are we yeah, I mean, really quickly, but... Uh, well, she is an amazing illustrator, so she uh, was is working somewhere uh, doing illustration and animation, wow. but she's going to become an au pair in London oh. for the rest of her life in January. Okay, so that's... So that's that. put an obvious... Yep, so the... Boop. <laughs> but it was a great date, and she was really fun, and check out her work, Izzy.Jefferson, on Instagram. 
Awesome. Yeah, plugs. Uh, yeah. Speaking of plugs, uh, I wanted to talk to you about Ryerson. You guys uh, were, I don't know if you still are, but were attached to the Transmedia Zone. Yeah. Are you still? We are. We uh, are still, uh, yeah. We're, we, we are, it's, people say you're co-zoning. We're part of the Transmedia Zone, um, which is a startup incubator at Ryerson that's designed to foster um, innovation and storytelling. And okay. then we're also incubated at the Science Discovery Zone, which is really um, about evidence-based um, business building. Oh, wow. So take, using the scientific method to build businesses. Oh, cool. So a little bit backstory just to kind of build off that. Um, I was a graduate of Ryerson's media production program. So our school, I mean, the old venue for the Transmedia Zone was actually in yeah. my, like, faculty building. Yeah. Uh, and so, met. yeah, exactly. So uh, I think it was... Oh, forget when we specifically met but there was like i kept seeing you around and like bouncing around and like we'd eat indian food together and just <laughs> yeah. laugh and have a good time and yeah. then every once in a while you'd be like hey can you film this video for me and i'm like neat and i'd just be shooting something on my iphone and be like yeah. great yeah, it's yeah. Done. i forgot i did that yeah that was great there's good a times. lot of there's a lot of like fun i think that's the great thing about the industry where it's like I think everyone gives it a bad rap, but like, oh, like no one really wants to help. But like, everyone wants to help. Everyone wants yeah. to be involved. Everyone wants to be like a part of something. Yeah, exactly. I had a uh, Wilson Lin on the podcast actually. Oh, awesome! I love that guy. And he's the now the technical director, I think, for the Transmedia Zone, which is huge. That's yeah, yeah. And like, to, I, I thought he was one of the tech advisors, but now he's a director. I think okay, yeah, That's tech amazing. advisor, tech advisor. Yeah, you you corrected the term that the title that he has. Well, he's an awesome dude. Like he's that guy so is talented. an amazing producer. Yeah, knows how to put on a kick-ass event. So. Yeah. Well, we were talking, so going back to the event that you were putting on at uh, Dundas Video, how did that Would You Rather thing start? Like, how, how did that yeah. kind of build? So, um, we were, we were trying, we were getting, we were trying to figure out, like, what kinds of, like, on the street kind of pop-up weird events or unusual events we could do um, that would help to help people practice scientific thinking. Because mm -hmm. to me, like... Our slogan is, for our company, um, science, it's not what you think, it's how. And so we were really interested in not just, like, I don't care if you know the speed of light or, like, what kind of molecules are in, like, a benzene ring. I don't give a shit. To me, science is how you think about problems you don't know the answer to. And so we were trying to think about how do you foster that. And we'd seen events that were really fun and cool that got close. Like, there are these things called science cafes. Mm. And basically, they'll have, like, a controversial topic. Um, like, should we bring back um, mammoths? Should we, like, try to de-extinct... Like, in Jurassic Park, should you try to bring, yeah. like, extinct species back? Yeah. Um, and they'll have just experts sit in a room and debate it in front of a public. Okay. I was like, that's pretty good, but, like, I'd prefer to hear what the public thinks. Yeah. And so um, we designed this format that was really the same kind of thing, but based around what the public thinks, and not just, like, experts talking at mm -hmm. people. It's about the people talking with each other. Um, and so the format is, like, we show up at this bar... We put tape down the middle of the floor and we ask, um, I call them spark questions, but things like, should we make robots smarter than us? Or should we design our kids' DNA? Or um, our mustache is sexy. Our mustache is sexy. Should we pee in the shower? Yeah. Um, I think as a mustache haver, um, I can say pretty firmly they're not very sexy. I don't think they're sexy. Yeah. No? You also have a mustache. Do yeah. you think they're sexy? I, I like mustaches. Is it like... If it's a mustache on its own. Yeah. Like, that's what I like want. Just like a Selleck. I think, okay, here's the thing. I think the sexiest I've ever been 
is I was hosting a talk show and I had my mustache and I had like a really like dope maroon suit on and I wore this suit <laughs> like very Steve Harvey. Yeah. Well, I mean, god damn it. Now I don't like mustaches anymore. <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, no, and it's like I don't know. I think it it, it it's perspective, and it maybe maybe I like mustaches because I like the kind of person I was at that time, and okay. it's attached to that. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that it the mustache depends. was like the source of your power. Yeah, honestly, it's been it's been all downhill. It's just it's all downhill. Uh, but yeah, no, I I like that idea of. Um, using the public and, and creating like a conversation piece like a spark you're, you're talking about spark yeah i think that we're in a really interesting age right now because of the amount of media that consumption yeah. and, and not even media consumption on its own but media creation yeah the amount that i think it's like every minute like an hour of content is put on youtube or something like that or yeah. something ridiculous like that some unwatchable number of yeah you can never watch you could never watch all the content on yeah. youtube uh, and it's really interesting to switch, like, if you search something and switch the view to most recently posted, it's a very different experience. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, you can, like, well, you can search, like, by, like, okay, uh, long, like, by time, by, like, uh. whatever. You can sort by whatever you want. Mm. So, like, you could be, like, okay, here's, like, five million, like, five-second videos of, like, when you put an egg in, like, a certain temperature, it bounces or something like that. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring that up, though, is... I think that we're really hungry for authentic content right now. Yeah. Because a lot of people are trying to, hey, I see this, I'm going to do this as well. Uh, so there's a great band called Fulfpack that does... Oh, I fucking love those guys. Yeah, so the great yeah. thing about them is they just uh, did a show, I think they sold out Madison Square Garden, which is insane. Yeah. For a band that that small that doesn't have a label, they're one. I think there were like three people who have ever done that at Madison Square. Really? I didn't know they weren't signed. No. I assumed they were because of how awesome they are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the crazy thing with them is like, they're they're what they do is all of their video is shot on iPhone with like a an, like a like crackly filter over. Yeah, it. yeah. And it's so authentic because it feels like you're just hanging out with your buds. Like yeah. it's really cool. And they're just like these virtuoso guys who are like the recording sessions. It just seems like they're just genuinely creating. They're not. Yeah. Like, they're not super... They're like, away. hey, I like this take, and yeah. that's in the final song on yeah. Spotify or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's insane, but if you look into, like, if you really do a deep dive into it, it's like, the mixing on their music is incredible. Yeah. Like, Theo Katzman is one of the most amazing, like, uh, mix and masters in the world. Like, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, like, if you I look at Antoine's their... Antoine's voice, that guy's voice Oh, is Antoine butter. Stanley is incredible. It's butter, that Well, voice. apparently, like, he's not... He wasn't a singer. He was, like, a vocal, like... He went to school, like, for vocal theory. Like, like for studying really? the voice. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Because unless it's a whole, like, myth with them. But, yeah, no, it's insane. Like, you have this... Just to finish off the thought is you have this kind of, like really calculated authenticity where it's like okay we're going to use this kind of camera because they can obviously afford better equipment yeah but we're going to use this kind of camera we're going to film it in this kind of way we're going to leave this stuff in there and that all leads to a very authentic experience yeah and i think that's what people are really hungry for it's like if you watch like tiny desks concerts like yeah. the npr stuff yeah that's so damn dirt it's so chill yeah when's the last time you watched like a studio session like i've watched like more like of those tiny desk concerts than like yeah. anything else yeah and it's because of that authenticity yeah i think uh, that's true it's really it's it's a wacky wacky situation well it's weird because like I mean, I have guesses about why 
why we're increasingly like demanding authenticity because like authenticity wasn't the norm no for like a long time well because you wanted to make better and better quality things and then we're at a cap now where it's like the human eye can only really see like 4k after that it's just like ooh, it's crispier but like it's (laughs) not like you're gonna see like oh i can see the pixels now it's we're at a point where it's like almost i'd be really curious to see what the resolution of a human eye is and i don't know uh that is a good question but it's like if you think about that it it really messes with your head because then you're like okay what's the field of view of the human eye and what's the aperture of the human eye yeah and all this other stuff and you kind of go on this like endless loop but i think that you're totally right we're at a point right now where we have we've reached the apex of quality and now it's just about telling a good story yeah and that's all that matters and that kind of goes back to the whole like science everywhere uh is there an experience you have where you really felt like you connected with someone like was there like one experience where it was like oh my god this is incredible yeah um well i mean i've been fortunate enough to have a lot of those but um one of the more recent ones um happened at one of our live games or would you rather Mm -hmm. um so to help people understand this um the the format again we put tape down the middle of the floor we ask these questions and then we make our audience pick a side Mm -hmm. um so we'll be like you know and should we pee in the shower pick your side yeah um and then we'll put a microphone in the middle of the floor and each half of the room gets to explain to the other half why you should come over to our side um and then we've got these rules so uh the rules are uh, three of them there's number one is uh, say your piece and so like we all have blind spots in our thinking that yeah. we don't know we're there and mm-hmm. so a good way to find them is talk to people who see things differently than you yeah and so we really encourage everybody to share their thoughts because you might you might see a blind spot that we don't know we have yeah um and it's open mic we don't force anybody but they they can um so rule number two is if you hear an idea that like points out a blind spot and you're like huh you know i didn't I never thought of it that way, actually. That's a pretty good point. Then you should change your mind and, and actually walk across the line. Um, just suspend your judgment. Even if you're not, like, wholly convinced, just suspend your be judgment. Open, be open. Be open to it. Exactly. Um, and walk across the line. And then rule number three is change your mind again. Um, I really I really encourage people to flip-flop a lot. I don't give a fuck about what side of the line you end up on. That's mm-hmm. not the point. The point is to practice changing your mind. Yeah. And we, being open to it, too. Yeah. Because we kind of suck at that a little yeah. bit right now. Anyway, so that's the format. Um, and so we were doing an event for the Ontario Brain Institute. Oh, wow. Um, and I asked this question, and it was based on a technology that I know exists. It's this thing called deep brain stimulation, where people, um, they'll usually do it for people with like either Alzheimer's or like um, severe tremors from Parkinson's or um, people who have, it's called treatment-resistant depression. Um, there are usually clusters of neurons. In some cases, there are clusters of neurons that we know are like causing the problem. Yep. And so, what you do is you hit them with like electricity to, like, base. It's like pulling out the. Um, it's like resetting your router when the yep. internet is fucked up. Yeah. And so, um, they do this, but like one of the applications theoretically for it is that you can reduce like emotional pain. Yeah. Um, and so, that's a crazy thing to be able to do, right? Like emotional pain. We all experience it, and everybody tries to avoid it. And so I asked the question, like, let's imagine that you had um, somebody close to you, like a family member that passed away prematurely. Yeah. Um, If you could, would you implant this device in your brain to suppress the pain of the loss of that loved one? Yeah. Um, And I said, everybody pick your side, and, and, you know... 
very slowly, but very surely, every, almost everybody walked over to the no side. Yeah. Which is weird. Mm. Like, we all kind of chose suffering. Mm. Um, and a lot of people feel like, yeah, that's the thing we should do. But then we kind of started unpacking, like, well, that seems also crazy because we all try to avoid suffering. Why do we want suffering? Why do we want to experience it? And And people were, like, the answers we were hearing from people were, like deeply intensely like human um like somebody told me like that the suffering is what would make you feel connected to that person it's part of what made that yeah relationship meaningful and For like sure. and so like we're in the middle of a bar and we're talking about this and the room in the middle of a bar is like pin drop quiet because everybody is focused so intensely on what the person at the mic is saying. Mm -hmm. And it was this really crazily, like, deeply human moment that a bunch of strangers got to share in a bar where we were celebrating the suffering that is part of life. Yeah. It was weird, man. It was it was really trippy. Um, yeah, it was... Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it was just a feeling. It's like, you know, when you're at a concert and you try to tell people, you, you have this amazing feeling of connection to everybody in the room. Yeah. And you try to describe that afterwards to people, but it's not, it's really hard to put it into words. Yeah. Well, it goes back to your whole idea where it's like, you want people to feel the passion and excitement that you feel. Yeah. And so it's that exact same experience where it's like, when you're there, when you're feeling this passion for something it's so hard to quantify yeah and having this like really like emotional experience like i had uh, a seizure about two or three years ago and um i have all i basically was like sick for a little while and i had all these like really weird fever dreams and then eventually like i was going i was doing like going still being sick and then just like blackout like nothing and then a few seconds later come to in a hospital and Whoa. your your family's there and it's this like you have like this joy because you see people and then you have this like kind of fear yeah terror. and you're like you're like okay wait what Why am I what here? happened and you're doing the math and i think that that's that that process that we go through in regards to these like really emotional moments is something that people should be doing more often yeah is having that analytical look at everything yeah. And I think that if you do that, if you look at everything with an open mind, but also with a skeptical mind, I think you, you'd be more successful because you're open to trying to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's maybe correct. Like I think, I think that one of the problems I have with people in science a lot is yeah. that they're way too closed off. They're way too closed off and you need to be open because that's where new ideas come from. That's like how we create our new hypotheses for how the world works. Yeah. Like, string theory is a crazy fucking idea. It's a really weird idea, but maybe it's true. Like, the idea that the Earth revolves around the sun was a crazy fucking idea. Yeah. But it turned out to be correct. So yeah. you, you cannot be closed to ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think what science, science and scientists have right is, like, um, you shouldn't necessarily trust every intuition. Yeah. But you should be open to the idea that it might be correct. Yeah. And then you can, you have this other side of the issue where it's like, okay, if someone's like, okay, I believe the earth is flat. 
And yeah. I'm, but I'm open to your point of view if you think that the Earth is yeah. round. And then you run into this issue of, like, if you can quantify something that makes it true, but then, like, if this is true, then what else is true? And you run into this issue of, like, logic and compassion and yeah. all this other stuff. Because you don't want to, like... If you have a, a really close friend and you're and they're they to a T believe the Earth is flat, yeah, that's going to change your viewpoint on them. Not really. I think really. Interesting. I think for me, um, like I've actually had a lot of discussions about this one. I use flat earthers as an example all the time. Okay. Because I don't think flat earthers are idiots. I I let me start by saying I don't think the Earth is flat. Okay. But I don't think that flat earthers are idiots. I yeah. think in a lot of ways they're really good scientists. Yeah. Because what a really good scientist is willing to do is to challenge assumptions, even if they're very popular. Oh, interesting. So I think that they've got that right. I think that the problem is that now they've got a new set of assumptions and they're unwilling to... They, they've closed off, right? Yeah. You've still got to be open. And that's why I th say you've got... If flat earthers were open, I think they would probably come to some different conclusions. For sure. Um, but I think there are lots of reasons that um, they're not. Like, I think the thing that seems to be most consistent among flat earthers is not that they're dumb it's that they um they are all distrustful of authority yeah i think that's the thing that is common between them well it's like it's like um like i don't know a huge amount about string theory but in talking about it like people are like that's insane that's yeah. an insane thought. It's an insane idea. But the people who believe in string theory and who are developing, like, working with string theory, they're not closed off to the idea of it not being exactly. a thing. They're, they're they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and then just to, to kind of, like, jump on that, like, I want to talk about the imposter syndrome because I think that that's right. something that's really, really interesting in regards to science, in regards, like, the science of it. Mm. Like... I'd love to have like a little discussion about sure. the imposter syndrome, which, for those who don't know, is this um, fear of failure, uh, mm -hmm. this fear that you're going to be found out for your successes or for your accolades that, that you don't deserve them. Mm -hmm. And then also the other side of it, which I don't think people talk about a lot, is this perfectionism, this this idea where it's yeah. like, I don't want to put something out because either A, someone else is doing it better than me, or X, yeah. Y, and Z. Yeah. So I'd be curious to talk to you about, like, almost, like, the science behind that. Like, where do you think that comes from? Um, so one of the things that seems to be true about human beings is that we all have this one core. Like, apart from the other kinds of needs we have, like the physical needs, like yeah. food and water and shelter or whatever, um, we have a need to belong. Mm -hmm. We have a need, like, we want um, at least... A subset of people to like us. Some of us want like everybody to like us, but we all need at least some people who we feel like would support us, who um, love us in, in some unconditional ways. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of people, we feel that if we put out, like that we are the work that we put out, or that we are the ideas that we have. And so if I have put out bad work, or if I have bad ideas, then that will exclude me from like the group of people who are lovable who like could be loved mm -hmm. and so i think that so i've got these five values that i think you have to practice if you want to be a good critical thinker if you want to be a good scientist okay. they are curiosity collaboration calm creativity and courage wow and so i think what you're describing imposter syndrome is a combination of like calm and courage yeah 
Um, and for me, how I define calm is like, I think the best way to tell somebody is calm behaviorally is that they can laugh at themselves. Yeah. It's a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like you'll never see anybody who's really serious or like takes themselves really seriously or caught up in their ideas. They won't be able to laugh at themselves. No. So notice when you're feeling that way and be able to take a perspective to say like, Hey, I'm a human, like all these other humans, like we've all farted at a time we shouldn't have farted. Yeah. Or we've all like done that thing where we try to hold in a sneeze and ended up sneezing all over our hands in somewhere public and we're humiliated. Like we're all idiots. Yeah. Um, and so remembering that helps you remember that like, yeah, I'm flawed. So is everyone else. That doesn't mean I'm not worthy of connection with other people. Yeah. Like I was thinking about the, um, the Tesla, like the launch of the, the yeah. Cybertruck when or whatever. They threw, the, yeah. they threw a metal ball at basically this supposed to be like bulletproof glass. Yeah. And like Elon's like, Oh, and he laughs a little bit about it. And yeah. he's like, Oh, we'll, we'll fi- yeah, we'll fix it. Uh, and then, <laughs> Uh, he's like, that won't happen when it comes out. <laughs> and I'm like, I was thinking about this a lot. And this is more of like, we're going to, a little bit of a sidetrack, but we'll get back onto yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If you have a car and like, it's a, yeah, like a cyber truck, like the whole thing of it is like, oh, it's like going to be like the pickup truck of the future. You are going to be in like conditions that aren't great. The metal ball is the like anti- like it it didn't go through. <laughs> it broke the glass, but it didn't go through, which That's I right. think is still an accomplishment. Yeah. So like I don't, but but he didn't look at it that way. He looked at it as like, oh, I, I, it has to be perfect, and he but he still laughed it off. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting, and I think that can be said for a lot of creative endeavors where it's like you can approach something. You can justify why it's right, or you can say, hey, this isn't what I expected, but let's make it right. You know what I mean? I think that's a healthier way to look at things, right? Like, to figure out, I don't ever expect to be perfect, um, but self-improvement is a value I have. Yeah. I always like to get better. I can always be better than I am. Sure. um, But I also have to simultaneously be okay with the, the infinite gap between who I would like to be and who I am right now. Yeah. Um, and, like, be able to laugh at that, to mm-hmm. be able to love myself in spite of my inadequacies, because I recognize, again, everybody else is flawed, too. We're all flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think you got to practice. Like, I think if you want to avoid failure or ever looking dumb, then you're also, you also have to be okay with not ever doing anything meaningful. Yeah. I don't think you can ever pursue anything that means anything to you without taking a chance like that's part of how you know that it's meaningful i think i think that the a great way to say it is that if you if you ever if you don't ever want to be look dumb or stupid then you will never look cool and awesome yeah because you won't be able to take those risks like the whole idea of like failure is such an interest like failure is the biggest like learning experience yes and everyone says that and it's like such a common phrase but it's common because it's so true. Yeah. I've learned so much from like the failed projects than oh, I made a short film that was okay. Yeah. The things that are the clearest in your mind, the things that teach you the most are the biggest failures you have. Like yeah. like the things that you know for sure. Yeah. You know because you failed real hard 
like finding them out. Yeah, because it's like you're touching a hot pot. Oh, that's hot. (laughs) I have failed at... Uh, Yeah. Fail. (laughs) I have failed at touching a pot. (laughs) Congratulations. And then, like, you look at something like even like, okay, I know that I can't do... uh, Like, if you can't do a project on your own, you need help. That's a great failure to be like, hey, listen, I am not all-encompassing. Yeah. I I have flaws. I need to work on that, you know? Yep, yep. Um, there's a, a definition from the literature that I really like um, of, of courage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it comes from, like, a, a, this woman named Brene Brown. Um, she's, like, some people will probably know her as, like, this Oprah lady. She's, like, one of Oprah's friends, and she's always talking about... Anyways, she's a shame and vulnerability researcher. She's... Yes. I love her work. Um... She describes vulnerability as um, risk, um, emotional exposure, and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And she says that courage is the decision to step into those emotions. So, like, people think of vulnerability as a terrible thing, and it's not. No. It's where you find meaning. Yeah. It's when you decide to step into that feeling that you are doing something meaningful. For sure. So, yeah. Um and it's not even like saying it's not you're not every time you step into vulnerability it's not a guarantee that things are going to work out sometimes they won't and it's going to suck yeah. but like what other choice have you got right like life that's what makes life meaningful you got to you got to do it it's risk and reward yeah and and i think that to fi- like just to finalize our whole thought yeah. on um on the imposter syndrome like that is a very scientific thing where if you have anxiety about work that you created, that's going to affect the work that you create. Mm-hmm. That might make it seem, make it so that you don't create work as much because you have this whole, we were talking about the the whole idea of like touching the pot and it being hot. And so you, you stop touching it. If you put out work that doesn't work, that doesn't do well, that doesn't feel great. Yeah. But I think the thing is, is that a lot of creators won't even want to take that first step because yeah. they're so terrified of that feeling. Yeah. And I think that it even, even to go off that even more, like we have, we're in a really like, fl- not flaky, but yeah, like flaky society right now where it's really hard for people to commit to something yeah. because I think it goes back to that whole idea of like that fear of it not going well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's partly like Instagram and like Twitter and like basically like, Capitalism has shaped our culture in such a way. By the way, I'm a fan, I'm a huge fan of capitalism yeah. in many ways. That's but... our sponsor for today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think one of the the realities is that like it has created a landscape where we feel like we are our brand, and so we're no longer ourselves anymore. We have to we have to we can't make mistakes because it'll hurt our bottom line. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what else are you gonna do? You gotta, you gotta fucking try something. Get try busy something. living. Get busy dying. You know, there's this interesting um, uh, theory in psychology and cognitive science called flow theory. Mm-hmm. It's by this researcher named Chick Sent Me High. Um, he's got a crazy name that I memorized because it was so crazy. Um, and he talks about flow state. And so we feel the best about the work we're doing when. Um, we are facing challenges. For sure. And it's not... And there's like a sweet... There's a way to manage a challenge so that it feels the most meaningful. So, like, you don't want a challenge that's so great that you you feel like there's no chance you'll ever achieve it. 
because um, that's just dispiriting and you give up yep. and you fail all the time. Yep. But you don't want a challenge that's so insignificant that you it's trivial, that like you can do it really easily. You yeah. want something that's right in the sweet spot. Yeah. So you want a challenge that stretches you a little bit. It okay. pulls you a little bit into vulnerability. Yeah. Um, but like that, because it's stretching you, that's gr- it's increasing your capacity for greatness. Mm-hmm. Like the things you can do are now increasing. Yeah. And so they design that into like video games all the time. Like that's why the bosses get progressively harder as you get progressively better at the game. Yeah. Um, and so I think you just got to think about life that way. Just, I mean, don't try to become prime minister on day one. Yeah. Stretch yourself, though. Like, aim at things that will get you there. Yeah. I think that that's a great way to look at it. And I think that's a great way to look at um, just kind of the creative mindset is trying to push yourself just enough where you're getting that thing. And, and yeah, you're going to push yourself too hard. Sometimes you're going to burn out. You're going to take a job that maybe you're not, like, signed up for and not good at or even, like, is really tough. But every once in a while, you take that job that's really hard. And yeah, then you and learn from it. It's the perfect and it's, amount of it's, hard. It's, it's you, for the first six months, are stressed at all times. You're working really hard on it. Mm-hmm. But then once you get past that, and once you're like, okay, I can do this. Yes. That is the best feeling. Yeah. And that yeah. is science everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much for coming on, on the podcast. Hey, man, it was my pleasure. I, I do have one last final thing. Sure. I always ask my guests if you can give three tips for creatives to try and get out of that imposter syndrome is there anything that works for you if you're feeling a little bit down in the work that you've created yeah there's a youtube channel i watch all the time that i fucking love um they are called school of life okay um it's by uh, this philosopher guy well he's the creator of it but like it's a team now it's called school of life by this guy alain de Beton. Um, he's a philosopher in like the UK or something like that and he's got a bunch of videos that help with that like okay. I think there's videos literally on imposter syndrome yeah um, I'll try to remind myself that like no creator ever started off perfect like remind yourself that um, you don't get to see the early drafts of your favorite creator's work yeah right like their first work was shit yeah and yours will be too so like laugh at the shit that's okay. Yeah. You're getting better. You're doing the right thing by making shit. Nice. Um, so School of Life, laugh at your shitty first draft. Um, and I'd say, like, line up your fears and ambitions. Oh, interesting. So you want to remind yourself of what you're afraid of. And that's usually the thing that motivates people to do something is that they, they're afraid of getting to their deathbed, never having done anything that meant anything to them. So yeah. remind yourself, you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. Oh. And you could get there with it. This is how I want to end it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're all going to die. <laughs> but you could die without doing anything that matters to you. Um, so be afraid of that. You should be afraid of that. But then also, not only afraid of that, you should also be excited about what you could do if you applied yourself. Yeah. And so if you can line those two things up, the things you're afraid of and the thing you're excited about, then like that's really going to be the thing that will power you forward to keep doing what matters to you. Awesome. That was I'm, 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 These are some great tips. I'm really pumped. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything you need to plug? Talk to me about the social media for Science Everywhere, what your upcoming events are. This will be coming out hopefully before the new year ends kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, we have <laughs> our live game of Would You Rather um, the third Thursday of every month at um, Dundas Video. So that's, um, like, right, it's just a little bit west of um, Dundas. It's just a bit west of Bathurst on Dundas. Yeah. Um, they're open to anybody. Um, Nickelbrook is usually a sponsor, so they provide um, free beverages for, like, we, there's, like, deals and things set up there. But yeah. um, it's a really good time. So, yeah, um, we'd love to have anybody come out um, and ask you guys if you'd rather have fingers for nipples or nipples for fingers. I saw that. Yeah. Freaked me out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any, anything else that you want to plug? Um... I'm working on it. Well, I mean, there's a secret project. I, I don't know when it's going to start. It's, we're, we're working on a thing for the CBC right now oh, for cool. podcasts. So, nice. Um, you can stay tuned to our uh, Instagram and our social media channels to find out when that comes out. That's at where is science. Science is everywhere. That's right. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Anthony. Thanks for having me, man. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. When I look for a studio There's not many places I'll go If you're moving fast and slow Head to 876 Studio